Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I've got only a few things to talk about. Um, I will not spend too much time, but I do think there's important events going on you should be somewhat aware of. And just to get it out of the way, because I don't want to spend too much on it, but I want to get it out of the way up front. Satama. Satama's at an all-time low. Satama has broken yet another bottom resistance point, from what I can tell. And it's trending down as of today. However, the strange part about its trend down, I don't see the volume is way down. So the night of the ill-fated event, it was trending at a volume of about 250 million. Today and yesterday, it's been trending around 30 million, which is, of course, a fraction of what it was doing. So that means there's not enough transaction activity happening. Now, I don't know if that takes into account various exchanges like Gate.io, which I'll talk about later, and or it's only talking about the exchanges that it's aware of the DEXs. I don't know that, but it does seem that the volume is way down. However, volume down would not alone explain what we're seeing and the significant levels of drop and the bottom resistance falling out. Usually that seems to indicate potentially liquidity issues somewhere. I don't suspect there are, but that's generally when you would see that. Now, the main concern I would have as an investor is that, and it's their right to, but it would concern me as an investor, the developers are buying the dips and they're increasing their bags. And you don't necessarily want the developers having large size bags because, of course, if they become whales, they could essentially rug pull the project, which has been a concern from certain segments of investors that they don't want the devs to eventually rug pull it at some point later and it's all just kind of a honeypot waiting to happen. Do I think that'll happen? No. However, it is an acknowledged risk that I think should be called out. And I'll just be frank. From what I'm seeing, I don't believe that the current pricing is simply because of the Certic audit ongoing and the lack of a wallet. I do think that a lot of the people that were selling and are selling and are not holding, I do think is a symptom of the catastrophe that was the event and the lack of acknowledgement from the leadership and by leadership, I'm pointing at one person, of their mistakes in the whole scheme of it. However, this far after the event now, some of that should have settled and we should have a reverted sentiment, but we're not seeing that. That seems to indicate that this potentially is a bigger picture uh, situation that you might have had very big, very important players at the upper levels of holders that sold because they collectively decided it was not worth staying in, meaning that we could have, and this is all theory, we could have lost serious, like say hedge fund investors or just celebrity investors that at one point saw strong and then they all sold out. And then as a result, you know, literally tanks the project. And the reason I'm going that angle is because initially when the tank started, when the Willie D notes showed up on coin market cap, we saw immediately significant amounts of reflections flowing to people's wallets. However, since then, pretty much after like the first two days ish of this, since then the amount of reflections or the rate of reflections has slowed dramatically. Now we're seeing pretty much the routine of what the reflections would have been. If that note had not gone up, they're just normal reflections, which seems to be just retail people that are just buying probably bots that are buying automatically to right-sized portfolios or people buying the dip, 
but nothing that's a significant sell-off or any of that. And one of the people on a different forum speculated and was asking the question, well, why is it that when so many of these tokens have reflections that they're the ones that seem to go down in value? And using Satama as an example, I want to try to help explain, because that may be good for you to know why that, from an economics and, and financial perspective, why that makes sense. When you have a bag that in a token that has reflection mechanics, you have to understand that the reflection is still only a percentage of the transaction, and that percentage is small. So if somebody only bought 10,000 tokens, right, and you're only getting 2% of reflections on this thing, well, remember, that's 200, so that's not a lot. But the problem is that that small percentage, that is actually only a slice of what's distributed to you because all of the holders get 2% or 5% or 10%. So when you have a small reflection percentage, it works when there's a lot of tokens being purchased because you at least can significantly see a pretty good amount of the reflections because your size of your bag governs what your slice of that distribution is going to be. So if you only have a million tokens in it, you might only get, you know, 50,000-ish tokens per day because your slice of the pie is small compared to all these others that have trading engine, trading engine tokens. And so you have to look at it in perspective that your your bag is what tells the system how much they should distribute to you and when the token's on the way down in value, that means that those tokens you just got are actually averaging out your dollar cost. Well, if you think about if you bought at a point where the price was lower and now you're getting token reflections that are higher than when you bought in, it's going to average out your dollar cost, which essentially lowers your basis a little bit, just a little bit. And the reverse is true. If you bought at all-time high and now you're getting tokens that are low value reflected to you, it's balancing you out and you're going down ever slightly. That means that your value cannot go up, essentially, unless you were a whale that had so many tokens that the amount of reflections was enough in terms of fiat value to offset the loss of value when the token is on the way down. That means for you, you should almost never see, unless the token's on the way up, that the reflections are significantly increasing your value unless you're a whale. If the token's on the way down, the reflections are not enough to mitigate that loss. It's, it cannot because there's, there's not enough in your share plus the small reflection percentage to offset it. It only really makes sense when you think about it from a eat the dip perspective because, and even now, I believe that certain of these tokens will go parabolic back up they are going down, but I do think they'll go right back up. And so now your bag is larger. So when it's able to get back up to a new resistance, you should see a new high basis for your value whenever it gets to the next plateau. But when it goes beneath resistance points, as it's doing now, the reflections that you're getting are, set, I wouldn't say they're worthless, but they're low value. And that helps and harms. It harms because if it's constantly going down as a token, it means you're getting low-value currency. However, if and when it goes back up, it means you'll have more of this in your holding. 
Think of Bitcoin and the early days and the guy that spent $1,200 on, on a pizza. Okay, so essentially equivalent is like a dollar per. At that time, that was its value. And he probably got some more Bitcoin, you know, and he said, okay, I don't want this garbage because it ain't worth anything. Well, now, if you look at it, this dude would have been a multimillionaire had he just simply sat on it and waited. Now, if he had gotten more tokens sent to him over the 1200 and he kept them and didn't spend them, now all of it compounds. Now, when it does appreciate value, he's not just a multimillionaire, he's a billionaire. That's how the reflections essentially work. They're giving you a low value something. And so you, your perception is that these aren't worth anything. It's just, they're not worth anything right now, but eventually they will be worth something. And your vision shouldn't be to increase your value because you see the tokens going down. Your vision should be, I'm going to sit and hold on these. And at some point they may be worth something just like you would do with coins or anything else. So that's Satama plus the whole reflection mechanics and everything that's going on right now. I just, I say it's a long haul. I've always said it's a long haul. I didn't anticipate it'd be short. I also didn't anticipate that it would go past certain bottom resistances as it has. And I suspect that there's a larger issue here. I suspect that there were some large whales, probably celebrities, probably even hedge funds that when they saw the faded event uh, in Vegas and they saw the, the leader not openly admit when he screwed up, they pulled out and when they pulled out, it basically tanked everything. It tanked the velocity and it tanked the perception of what was going on and or the significant jump up was happening because the event went off. But then when they saw that there was no tangible keynote coming out of it, they decided to back off and then sell out on mass. So it could have just been these large players that are the cause. And then you of course have FOMO people. There were people openly admitting that when they saw the Willie D banner, they freaked out and sold without doing research. So it's a domino effect. I think this too shall pass. It's up to you if you want to sell or keep. I think it'll pass. It's just, it's a long play. Shib went through the same thing. So I think it's a long play. But I'm making that assumption that the, you know, the leadership and the development team do have best interests at heart and that they're not eventually playing a rug pull. These are all assumptions. I can't prove it because I'm not in their head, and unfortunately the leader is not willing to acknowledge his mistakes. So we'll see how it goes. But let's get to an exchange, and I'm going to get to my favorite exchange first up. I thought about doing other ones, but let's just get my favorite out of the way, that one being Gate.io. Gate.io has a decently annoying, I won't say it's crazy annoying, but a decently annoying setup process, and... The only thing, there's two things main, but the only thing that really drives me nuts about it is one of its strengths, which is that when you go to withdraw from any of the funds, it wants you to give it the PIN, which you set, plus an email password that they send you, plus uh, your Google Auth code. And I believe Gate.io, I could be wrong, but I believe Gate.io does not support Outlook, which was a deal breaker. I'm not 100% sure because when I set it up, I've had it for a while. When I set it up, I did send it to a Gmail account, which I don't like because it means I have to go to a different device in order to pull the email code that's needed. So I have to look and see if I can switch it to Outlook and if it works. But I want to remember that they gave me actually a message that said we don't support Outlook email addresses, which if that's true, they should fix it because there's no reason not to support Outlook at this point. But they want you to put in all three of these codes every time you do a withdrawal. Then... 
it gives you a window and it makes you sit there for six seconds. I assume this is one of those buyer's remorse type things to stop you from a, click, a quick click and, oh, that's not what I meant to do. It's annoying for me because I might want to do a quick trade and I cannot because this window's blocking me. I got all these hoops to jump through. And frankly, doing it every time is silly. Like if I do it the one time and then I do another trade within a minute, why am I doing it again? I'm the same person. And you can see from my IP, I'm the same person. So I think their security model, I understand why they do it, but I would rather see that they're doing a better job about why and what they're doing than what they are currently doing, in my opinion. The other thing that's annoying, they don't have a market order. So that's a slight, small annoyance. So that means that anytime you want to trade and you just want to sell it or buy it, you don't care about the price as much, current price. You have to essentially do a limit order and then they give you a drop down that says, you know, plus one if you're trying to buy. So basically you have to increase the price by 1% or minus one if you're trying to sell or the opposite is true. So that means that sometimes, sometimes they still don't go through. That means that you cannot just do quick spot, boom, boom, boom. Like a KuCoin, for example, where you just want to do the transaction. The price is not that big of a deal. It's just extra hoops, needless and I wish they would fix that. Uh, the other thing I would call out with them, which is not as annoying, but it's still something I, I wish they would fix. When you go to withdraw, uh, they do have the various networks, which is good. However, the withdrawal fees for Ethereum are a joke, straight up. They're essentially passing back all of the gas fees straight to you. And I don't support that. I understand why they do it, but I don't support it. As a result, I simply don't withdraw anything Ethereum from them. If I do a withdrawal, it's going to Stellar XLM or Cardano if I'm going to Coinbase. Or I'll send Tron if I know that I don't need immediate access to something. Or I'll send it to um, the Binance Smart Chain if I'm going to buy Binance coins or just send it to a different wallet to sit on it and gather rewards. I'd rather just send it Binance, but unfortunately... Not every token supports the multi-chain sending mechanism, and not every wallet supports those network alternative tokens that are truly ones like USD Tether. So let's say, for example, I want to buy Kishu, and of course that's a Binance token. I can't just send BNB because I'm going to get nailed roughly about 20 bucks on a minimum, and then the fee's not bad. It's like $5, $6. But the minimum drives me nuts. So then what I might end up doing is buy Kishu, and just sit it in the exchange, but then I don't get any reflections off of it. Or I could sit and wait until I do have so much that I don't care about the 20 and then send it, but I don't like doing that either. Or I'll just mine the 20, which is faster, send it to my wallet and then buy and then avoid the exchange. But if all I'm trying to do is, you know, get Binance token, an alternative might be go to USD Tether, send, you know, get USD Tether, send it out as USD Tether. Binance, which now the minimum is only a dollar, and then the fee is only ten cents, which is or a dollar. So it's a minimum is a dollar, fees a dollar to the Binance chain. Send it to my wallet and then convert it for twenty cents over to Binance BNB. Makes no sense then why your minimum for the BNB token is like twenty bucks, but yet if I send USD Tether Binance, it's charging me a dollar. This is the stuff I'm talking about that I don't like about Gate.io because there's no logic. They don't charge based on even the network. They charge based on the token. I think they should charge based on the network. Whatever the network charges, that's what you charge. Now, to be fair to them, 
Other exchanges seem to do the same thing with the BNB token, the BS, the Binance Smart Chain BNB token. I don't know why that is because it's all the Binance network. And in any case, it's cheap to send the Binance BNB token. It's just, why are you charging so low on USD Tether, but you rip people off on the BNB token? So I don't know. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like about them other than the whole business of not having a market and then the security layers. But outside of that, I love their inventory. Their interface is good. Uh, trading is easy relative. It's just that security nonsense. And, you know, I, I've not needed to use their customer service um, because everything just works, but it does have access to customer service and they seem to be um, reasonably welcoming to American people. Now they will warn you about certain low cap tokens. They'll tell you, hey, you can't trade this here. And in some cases, you truly can't. They'll block you, but in others, they'll still let you do it. But they'll just warn you, you got to withdraw it within 90 days. I don't know if that's a static 90 days or a rolling 90 days. Like saying, we'll let you trade, but we're not going to let you hold it too long. And if it stays here, like if you're just doing it to swap tokens, you're good. But if you're doing it to try to hold it here, we're not going to play. I don't know. The messaging is not clear. So I would forewarn you, you might get a message that tells you, because you're in America, we're not going to let you trade these tokens, but then it still lets you do a trade and you could withdraw it. They just don't seem to let you sit it there. And I don't know why, and I don't know the pattern as to which tokens are this. So it's do your own research and do it at your own peril. It could be a good thing for you to get in, or it might be a nightmare for you to do it and then you can't get out. I've not had any token where I was stuck there unless if the token itself was straight up rug pull or was in a migration, which does happen. And then just to talk about a, I don't want to say new, because again, it's not a new token, but it is a underdog type token. And it's been around for a while and it's gone through or is going through an upgrade process. I'm going to talk about the token and I'm going to talk about the upgrade, that being Safe Earn. So let me give you a history lesson a little bit first. Safe Earn started its whole model was to provide safe moon rewards. And there are at least four or five tokens that have done this. This idea of a dividend, which is now becoming popular, but it's always been, we'll give you Ethereum or wrapped Ethereum, or we'll give you BNB or wrapped BNB or BUSD, which is a Binance static token as a dividend rather than giving you the token. So when I talked earlier about the reflections and how they don't increase your value and the reason why that is, the thought here was, well, what if we give dividends into something that is believed to reasonably appreciate separate from whatever's going on with the token, which that means that your overall portfolio value might significantly improve as a result of these dividends because they are going to tokens that are going to increase your portfolio value, not decrease when something happens. Now, of course, you know, BNB, Ethereum, all these other ones, could be subject to volatility impacts where they go up and down, but they're not being affected by, you know, a Vegas event where they don't produce a product or a leader who doesn't apologize or a rug pull. Like you're not going to get BNB, Binance Smart Chain's BNB token rug pulling you. You're not going to get Ethereum rug pulling you. So they're more confident type of investments and them paying dividends to those tokens helps improve value when they go up. Well, you can think that's significant in terms of a passive income strategy. That's what SafeFirm was trying to do with SafeMoon. They were one of the first to try to implement this since we have seen other tokens that then 
chose whatever other for their dividends. Now, SafeEarn is currently going through a migration process. So I would not recommend that you buy SafeEarn today. You could, but I strongly don't recommend you do. And the reason for this is simple. They are going to migrate to a different token, a completely different token. Let me give you the history of this. At some point, the SafeEarn people had a conversation with the SafeMoon people about the reflections and about the rewards, and it was decided, I don't know why, but it was decided that SafeMoon was not going to allow, I don't know, I don't understand the mechanics. I'm just describing what they said. They were not going to allow this to continue, and I don't know if there was just a concern about rights or just egos. It was probably egos. Regardless, the SafeEarn team said, you know, let's take this as an opportunity to evolve what we're going to do and offer more than just one token because maybe somebody doesn't want safe moon maybe they want something else so they built a staking dashboard the staking dashboard allows you to stake your safe earn and then you can earn other types of tokens so they have cardano that's been there um a coin called don't kyc which i think is very funny uh epic hero which powers gaming uh, and then some past ones, they had Pancake, uh, a coin called Useless, which at one point started spiking in popularity, a coin called Flavors. Um, you could earn B&B rewards. You could earn Docs, um, including Safe Moon, which I think that's what started this whole change. Safe Affinity, Baby Doge, Ever Rise, which is one of those that's kind of up and coming. Thorium, which I'm going to cover, and I'm not too happy with them, but okay. Uh, Rising Sun, Doge Warrior. And then a couple other ones that were then later disabled completely. So they took this concept of their staking dashboard where you could stake your safe earn and then earn passive on your others, which is very similar to the way ShibaSwap works. ShibaSwap is now expanding into other tokens that you can earn as a result of what they call woofing. So you bury your tokens, and as you bury, it generates dividends in terms of these types of tokens, and you woof them to claim them. Um, Safer and took that to the next level and then there's you can select which one that you want to earn it's not just a generic you know forced upon you structure you can choose which one or ones that you want to earn so you can stake 50% say on Cardano and earn Cardano there and then 50% on don't KYC and earn 50% there and then now you didn't have to do anything your natural token is generating this passive dividend income for you they then said, you know, let's let's clean this up. Let's fix the contract. Let's get away now from the need to selectively do this. And then why can't they claim whatever they want? How can we get this to go to the next level? The result was what's called EarnHub. EarnHub is a new token. It's coming out in two days. That's why I said don't buy Safe Earn now if I were you. You can, but I don't recommend it because you'd have to time buying a Safe Earn and then staking it. Because the way that the Earn Hub initial process is going to work is anybody who has token, safe earn tokens staked into one or more of these projects will automatically get upgraded to the Earn Hub token when it releases in two days. So it's an automatic thing. Then you get a 5% bonus on top of it because you're you know one of the first comers. Now, the Earn Hub token. They worked the contract in a way, this is starting to be a popular thing, but they worked the contract in such a way that now the person will be able to choose your own reflection percentages, your own reflection types, higher APYs, 
um, your yield, basically, how much you get with the way that the contract's done and that it makes it easier for them to onboard new types of reflection processes. So the nice, the, the thing I'm really intrigued on, I'll go through some of the points, this idea that you can basically choose any token on the Binance Smart Chain. Now, there's no magic to this. What they're doing essentially is when you build it in, you're saying I'm going to purchase whatever the source currency token is, and then I'm going to do a contract call to buy that token and send to the wallet. So anybody could do this. It's just they're the first, from what I can tell, to actually make it happen the way this goes. To me, I think this becomes a new standard. I love seeing it. Uh, there's a buyback system for buying and burning tokens. So if you know for purposes of deflationary and increasing the value of it. They have a process or will have a process to do this. Um, they're going to work on lowering the buy tax. So remember, there's a tax on all transactions with a lot of these tokens. So then they're going to work that in to where when you do referrals that you get a piece of their transaction uh, traffic in addition to the normal reflections that are already there. Uh, they're going to have reinvestment processes. So you get rewards and then you can reinvest back into the project. Most of them now have this but some of the older tokens didn't have that um there's going to be a way that you can intersect with fiat which is rare for many tokens a lot of them need to use like a, a stable coin or something else to be able to do that so them being able to do this from scratch is intriguing as well and then of course the dashboard to be able to monitor and watch what you got going on so as i i want to talk through this now when you if you purchase safe earn you have to stake your tokens into one or many of the projects. You have to do it because that's what's going to give you the swap to earn hub. The swap should be an automatic process because they'll know by way of your address that's in the locked uh, swap. They'll know who has tokens. They'll know how many that you have. Then you go in and you'll claim. And then what happens once you get the earn hub out, it comes out as essentially a reward when you claim it plus your 5% and then you'll be able to restake them into whichever projects that are available in the new setup for any token in the BSC. If they pull this off, it'll be, I think the gold standard for migrations. It's, it's actually brilliant when you think about it. The idea that you're using stake mechanics to track who has what tokens and you don't have to worry about the sale because they're already staked means you already have, essential quote-unquote ownership or control over the tokens that are staked and you can distribute earn hub in a liquidity from a liquidity pool directly back to the person who was already staked in the first place by way of the address so all you're really doing is swapping what the claim button does to the new token that you want and then you calculate it automatically on the fly based on the stake amount which you're doing anyway again i think this could be the gold standard if i were the so-called uh, earn hub team if it were me i would package this up as an actual uh, you know a tool a solution and i would market it to other tokens about how to do migrations because migrations are becoming more and more a thing i talked about it and if they package it up they could turn it into an actual process that becomes a standard for how to do migrations cleanly safely with minimal communications like you on like remember if your person is staking the tokens, they already know that they actively went in and did a thing. So 
now you get away from the chaos that we currently deal with with as well fill out this google form and eventually they'll airdrop to you and then you're going to need to send this address you get away from the gas fees because there is the initial hit to approve your tokens for staking and then there's a hit for staking your tokens but often those are cheaper than doing a transfer or send because you can offset it by way of your liquidity so I, I'm going to actually advocate that when I communicate this out. I think the safe, or excuse me, Earn Hub team should consider creating this as a solution. Build this as a repackaged tool that you can then market to other tokens and charge for it. You know, actually charge them. We're showing you how to do migrations clean and safe the correct way if this goes clean. So I'm going to be watching this on the 23rd, which ironically is, you know, on or close to Thanksgiving, depending on where your time zone is. And see if they pull this off. And if they do, I think it's I think it's the model for how it should be done. So that's Earn Hub, formerly known as Safe Earn. I guess it's still Safe Earn. And where it began and where it's ending up, I do recommend looking at Earn Hub closely because I do think that Earn Hub, their new model, if they pull it off the way they're described, and we can't see it yet, but they they're pretty clear about it on their site and they've done a good job of the marketing communication. They've got the portal already ready to go that tells you what's going to happen and what the budget is and the roadmap and the everything. They've got everything laid out very clean on what's the plan and the process and their communication has been solid so far. I think it's worth looking into. Again, you got two choices. You can either take the chance and buy in the safe earn now. Just make sure you stake it right away. Don't buy it just to hold it. You would buy it to stake it so that you can get in on the earn hub and get the earn hub tokens from, from day one at your basis that you bought in. So if you want to do that, go to safeearn.app. There's only one E in that. And then you would do a purchase. You can buy it through PancakeSwap. And then you would uh, stake it on that safeearn.app to one of the projects i recommend don't kyc but cardano is solid as well epic hero might be good as well it's up to you and then on the 23rd um again on or near thanksgiving depending on where you're at then you go in and you would claim the earn hub token equivalent or wait for earn hub to come out and then consider buying into it based on its tokenomics which i think are very solid and again earn hub's whole mission has looks like it has been to create a passive income strategy, and that's something that you want to, I think, consider strongly as one of the next evolutions of what crypto, I think, could and should be is something that creates passive income for people and allows them to get out of having to work from 9 to 5. 